this every time. Like, it's not, maybe I could get educated a little bit. So just soundtracks. What do you think this is, ideally? Uh, I know. I like, does it sound good or bad? Yeah, that sounds good. I'll this think. sounds good. Yeah. Like, I know it sounds. Oh, you mean it's like, like something do you think, good like, happening? When a character comes out with this sound, like, oh, think, uh, like bad guy or good guy? No, no. This is like uh, somebody's about to pull one over on someone else type of thing. Yeah, bad guy. Yeah, the the pullover is coming, Brent. Exactly. This is Darth Vader's theme music. Yeah. That's right. This is straight out of like a 1980s cartoon. Yeah, the movie was made in this like yeah. 78. So. Yeah, so there you go. Um, but anyway, you should do this every time. We can have like different music. You know, it's a one of the best soundtracks of like instrumental music. I give you. I'll tell you to go listen to. Uh huh. Pirates of the Caribbean. I like it. Fantastic. So you've seen Pirates? Nope. Just heard the soundtrack. So, anyway, in the Maybe soccer match... Business, sometimes you got to use soundtracks. You gotta oh, use so you're you're stealing their content. Absolutely. And not be careful of that with Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. You know, I played the Star Wars music because, you know, ESPN, Disney. There you go. Makes sense. Uh, by the way, penalty for Real Madrid. So an opportunity to go up in extra time. Benzema will take. It's debatable right now what I care less about, this soccer match or Star Wars. I actually might be more intrigued by Star Wars. Okay. Well. Um, so we're going to what? Well, it's, it's already, it already happened. Real Madrid just scored. So they want to win. Well, you got plenty of time to go here still. Uh, they've played 4-12 of extra time, so you got uh, a little ways to go still, but uh, they have taken the lead. Yes. Um, this is an incredible comeback. This is an incredible comeback. You wanted Real Madrid. I did. You're in a bed and rude. And the 80, in the 89th minute, they were down two, and they are now winning in extra time. It's truly incredible. It if is. you understand soccer, you understand how incredible I it understand is. that's incredible in soccer. Thank you. That's all I ask. Um, hey, uh, football at five, but we will tell you a little soccer, of course. Well, that's and football. Also, uh, Jacksonville Iceman will be on the road Friday and Saturday, games yep. one and two of the uh, next round of the ECHL playoffs. I think this is where things pick up, Steve, for the Iceman. I've said that for the last couple of weeks. Now you're after the draft. You're in a nice little time frame in local sports. I think they'll get a lot more attention. If they can win and they can beat the Florida Everblades, which they're always one of the class teams in, in the ECHL, um, now you're talking maybe Kelly Cup. And uh, I think yeah. you can get some momentum going there, which would be uh, kind of nice. Brett Martin, O'Casey Kurtz here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Devoli's House of Cards. Uh, we're here every Wednesday. We have the Dream 18 show at 2 o'clock, 3 to 6 right here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. And then Action Sports Shacks OT, Casey and Brian Middleton coming up 6 to 7. Long day for Casey Kurtz. Each and every day. Long day. How's yeah. the computer thing going? Knock on wood. It's at the 5 o'clock hour. As long as you're knocking on the wood, I, I like where we're at. We had... Um, Do you know if we're still on the air? Not a clue. I have abs That's the so one kind of know. thing that's been scary about the whole thing. Yeah, I have that's no, pretty scary. I have no I'll idea if anybody has heard us at all. And we don't really know because I can't answer the phone. So maybe the phone's been ringing off the hook, like, where's the show? Yeah, I don't know, to be honest with you. And to be honest, Amanda hasn't really texted and gave me any praise for my work today. by now. I mean, at least one person, I would think. So I guess we're on the air, live and broadcasting on ESPN 690. we doing it all from the laptop. Technology, everybody. See what happened during the pandemic? Technology. That is true. Yeah, this is... This, step up in technology. If, if you just understood what goes into, like, what's happening on this laptop, like, it is truly incredible. I don't fully understand, but I do enough TV from the road to understand that... It's an incredible process. It's an unbelievable thing how we can pull off what we pull off. 
on a daily basis. We're Shout just out talking to technology. To, I mean, even like this. I mean, we have camera work. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Uh, I was live at we Creekside think. the other day, Bartram Trail yesterday, here at the Volley's House of Cards. And it takes like seven minutes to set it all up. Yeah. It's, it's a great thing. It's unbelievable. It's pretty uh, cool. All right. Uh, let's talk some football. Uh, we were talking about Doug Peterson was on Good Morning Football mm -hmm. uh, today. Uh, a lot of it because of the London game and Jacksonville is going to play Denver Broncos. So that's a story. Uh, he also was talking a little bit about the draft. Here's what Doug Peterson had to say on Good Morning Football today. Well, well, obviously the goal is to is to get really good football players, and then for us too is what secondly probably would be the the character of these guys. And and you know when you look at the guys we we did draft, um, I I think that well first of all let me back up. I, I thought Trent Baalke and his team, the coaching staff really did an outstanding job of of preparing and planning and and you know putting the board together and and really drafting the board. And and I think that's what you have to do. And. And once we moved into the draft, we were able to move back into the first round, actually, and, and pick up Devin Lloyd, who we feel is a, is a really good linebacker for us. It really solidifies the interior of our uh, defense with, with a, guy like, a guy like him. And then, you know, with Luke there sitting at, uh, in the third round and, and Chad and, and guys that, you know, um, just gives us depth, gives us the competition that I look for, you know, in the roster. And, and um, you know, Snoop Connor is a, a back that – you know, had had some some really good production in his career there at Ole Miss, and and just guys that are that are high character guys, but are really going to fit our football team, come in and compete. And I, I, you know, and as I said earlier, we, we're going to get these guys in here next week, and and can't wait to get them in here, get our hands on them, and begin the process uh, of getting them caught up with the offense and the defense. So that is Doug Peterson. Yep. Kind of laying it out. I think there's two interesting notes there. One we'll get to, and I, I brought up uh, recently, but. Um, the first that collaboration word was a popular word, right? But here's Doug, and again, I think his leadership. He's trying to show everybody, and who knows what's going on behind the scenes. I think they're fine behind the scenes, so this isn't to suggest they're not. But I think he is trying to show everybody in a public view of how on the same page he and Trent Baalke are and Shad Khan and everything, and everything's pulling in one direction. Again, this is a juxtaposed against... Everything wasn't pulling in the right direction, and that's not just an Urban Meyer thing. That was a Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone, Dave Caldwell, then Urban Meyer, and Trent, all that stuff. That was everybody. And now this is pulling in the right direction all together, all going on the same way, um, all on the kismet together, if you will. Oh, right? well, yes. So, and I think he's tried to showcase that and tried to prove I think this is showing, I, I really feel like Doug has shown some really good leadership skills of of emphasizing that in a subtle enough way that it's not overbearing. But I think that was my interpretation of what he said at the outset of that. First, hey, let me go back, and let me tell you how Trent Baalke and his staff put this board together. And let me tell you how we didn't get emotional in the draft room, and we didn't have arguments in the draft room. We just said, this is our board. We feel good about our board, and if this guy's on our board, we're going to take this guy on our board. And I, I think there's some... That's a good thing going on in Jacksonville right now. And I think it's an important thing for Doug to profess to the world, like, hey, we're all good inside yeah. this building. Even though the marriage was a little unique and arranged, if you will, yeah, we're good and we're going in the right place. I think, yeah, I hear what you're saying there, but um, one thing that I take away from what I heard Doug Peterson say there is Trent Baalke made these picks. Like, if... 
I, I, we're, we are doing the collectiveness and everybody's together. I agree with you there. But if things go south, Trent Baalke made those picks. Now, that's interesting. That's his board. Yeah, yeah. Those are his guys. That's how I look at it. I'm not saying Doug Peterson didn't sign off on it, but when I hear that, my first thought is, yeah, th- those are his guys. That's actually. interesting. Yeah. They, they, now, I do think – I've said this before. i said this going into the draft. See, I – I would hold Doug's feet to the fire a little bit in a year or so if he's really professing that and trying to split because the things aren't working well because this is a guy that came in here and said, I would like input. I want input. I'm going to have input. I think it's the way we should. He's the one that said that. So, But as we're leading up to the draft, I can remember a conversation we had, and I said, the guy who's going to get judged on the picks is not Peterson. He has input on the picks, but he's not going to be judged. It's Trent Baalke that's going to be judged on the picks. In fact, I think I got a response even today, a few days later, when I said, is it possible that he's winning people over Trent Baalke mm-hmm. with the idea that he these do go on his resume? The free agents go on his resume. The aggressive play, the aggressive play to move up in the first round again. Um, if Walker walk, works out. Could he be fall? Could he soon fall in favor if this draft works out? And what if ETN plays well? Even though I don't think that was his guy, sure. but some of those Cisco plays well. Well, we could be looking by the time like the end of October rolls around that Trent Bulky. I'm not saying we're throwing him a parade, but the outlook on what Bulky has done based on how Christian Kirk's performing, ETN's performing, maybe Walker Little's beating out Jawan Taylor, mm-hmm. uh, Cisco's playing, Tyson Campbell's still playing well, Trayvon Walker's playing well, Lloyd's playing well. If those guys are impacting, that's going to be a lot with with Bulky's name on it. Absolutely. Um, But, again, I I think that's an interesting interpretation of what you just said on, okay, just remember that was his board and their board. I took it a little different way of saying, I'm going to throw some props out at Bulky because we're on the same team. Yeah. But I also, again, and I would say this to Doug if he was right here, when it's time to split and blame the other guy because that's what happens in the NFL when you want to kind of keep your job and all this stuff. By the way, I don't think Doug's going to have to do that. If this fails miserably, Bulky's out the door in a heartbeat. Yeah. And Doug's not, yeah. but Bulky is. But if then the time comes for that next year and we're going to throw blame around if things aren't working out, I'm putting some blame on Doug, too, because he is the guy that also said, I'm going to have an impact on some of these decisions. Like, he's the one that said it. Yeah. Uh, but it's fair to note that the, the when you're a GM, who you draft goes on the GM's record. When you're a head coach, the win-loss record goes on your record and resume. It doesn't go on the GM's. Well, it can uh, in a roundabout way. But it, we're not saying Trent Baalke's 3-14 and 14 last year. No. We're no. saying Trent. everybody who didn't want Trent Baalke around, it was for other reasons than the Jags went 3-14. and 14. Yeah. So uh, it, it's a fascinating look at it. I think he also said something that – I continue to kind of pound home, and I try not to get too carried away with this because I feel very Gene Smith era when I do in the high character guys and the captains and the this and the that. But I do think there's significance. Again, I've said this a couple times in the last week, that you can tell they vetted a certain guy and they wanted certain qualities about these players, and you can almost feel that with these guys. And, and they're not all the same, but you can feel the qualities that they wanted from Muma. I don't know. For, I don't get the vibe as much from Fortner, but Muma to Lloyd to uh, Walker. And even some of the guys, that, like stuff you heard about Christian Kirk when yeah. they brought him in, right? Some of the stuff you hear about the free agents that they brought in. I think it 
they were at it's almost like a college team that wants a certain style player that they're looking at and the Jags almost went at it that way we're going to eliminate some guys that might not fit in this mold now it doesn't have to be like a mold this small like a donut hole the mold you can go outside it a little bit but once we get to the periphery of that mold we're probably not going to take you we don't like that right and and somebody brought up a good point to me the other day when I think we were having a similar conversation. Maybe someone brought up on Twitter or texted me. I can't remember. But they said, especially in this, like, I think in this franchise, that's important. Because when you go through the stuff you went through last year, it's the one praise I give the football team. Their locker room was pretty strong. Like, they kept together. They didn't point fingers and then start, like, disbanding. Right, absolutely. They did a pretty good job of that. They rallied around each other. And maybe that's because it was urban and so bad. But also, when you're a four-win team over two years, you're going to take some lumps this year. It's not going to be all good. And so when you go on that three-game losing streak, are you going to go fade away, point fingers, or do you have the, the strength, right? Do you have the character? Do you have the whatever, the discipline? All these different things, maybe, from a character trait standpoint, to withstand that and help be the guys to turn it around. And uh, I think teams, are, teams have different makeups. Any teams, any level of teams. Sure. And I think the Jags are going after a certain kind of look in their team to be able to withstand some of that. And if you go back to Philadelphia, while I don't know because I didn't cover it to, like, the degree we covered the Jags, the one thing I always said that I liked about Doug Peterson, if you look at the Super Bowl year, and I think it was the next year, I think they made the playoffs three years in a row, Mm -hmm. but I think it was the next year. The one thing I really liked about the Doug Peterson teams in Philly for this two or maybe even a three-year stretch is they were pretty average in September and October and even early November. Yeah. They were, like, right around 500. And even when they lost then, Carson Wentz, who was playing pretty good. MVP level, yeah. They got better. Like, they took off and played their best football at the end of November into December and obviously the one year all the way through February. And so... I think the good coaches find ways to do that. It's a long season, really long season, and you're going to have the ebbs and flows. But when you get to a point, and if the Jags can be in it to some degree in the mid to late November time frame, well, Doug Peterson has shown that then he can hit a new level with his football team. Yeah. He did that in Philly. I'm not saying they can do that in year one in Jacksonville, but I like that quality about Doug because I think that's what teams do. I think over the years the Patriots did that perfectly. I think the Green Bay Packers know how to do that. They, like, pace themselves. I think the Kansas City Chiefs, great example good last example. year, right? Yeah. I mean, they were... We were writing them off, yeah. Uh, they were like, oh, what's going on here? Yep. I mean, Patrick Mahomes really, like, for the first time in his career, you were saying he's not playing well at all. That's true. So, I think um, I think there's a lot to like when it comes to the makeup of Peterson, but what he's trying to build with the makeup of the football team. I, I can't really for sure say it happens, but I can see what they're doing, I think, with the guys that they bring in. And maybe more than ever, it does matter right now for this organization. It might not matter if you're in the L.A. Rams organization, right? but it might matter in Jacksonville, the kind of guy and personality traits and everything else that you bring in. And that's when I say they vetted people more. I wonder if that's the way they went. Yeah. Um, in, in that respect, so we're gonna see we're gonna see how it works out. We'll get to a point now in the NFL. You always get to a point where somebody's trying to blame somebody because somebody's trying to save their job. Yeah, but.
But the, the interesting and the, maybe the fascinating part here in Jacksonville is, like, Trent Baalke, if he's up against it, has got no chance to save his job. You wouldn't think so. Like, there, there's no – like, if things go awry or bad enough, there's not, like, a tenth life. You wouldn't think. For Trent Baalke. Yeah. No, I, I would agree with that. You would think. I said, I said this the other day, uh, either Monday or Tuesday on OT – kind of going back to the draft class and putting this in all together. This is the type of draft, the, tra- the draft that the Jags had is the type of draft that if it doesn't work, you're fired so fast. Because like you said, they vetted out guys that maybe were better on the field than some of the guys they drafted, right? You said you had to be seen. But they went for them because high character guys, and I'm with that. And you took a chance at most of your picks. You took a chance at number one. You took a chance, in my opinion, at 65, although you needed a center, you still took a chance at it. And they took chances and drafted on potential. If it works, you're a hero. If it doesn't work, I think it's a draft that gets somebody fired. Yeah, it's a, it's a good call. Like, is it a, that all or nothing of a draft? See, the hard part I have with that, and I, I, people have said it, I think, do we know last year if the draft was good or not? No, not yet. Well then, how are we supposed to know this year? No, no, I'm not saying. Season? No, no, I'm not saying after this season. I'm just saying, like in theory. I mean, if things go horrible, like if Trent Baalke keeps his job, right, and they go forward, and then when we do understand that this was a bad draft, well, then you're done. I think they like, unless it just looks so horrible this year. Like if yeah. Trayvon Walker is just not it, and we can obviously tell that to be the case. Or on the flip side, if Aiden Hutchinson's that good if Kevon Thibodeau's that good, and, like, it's so bad that it's not even close, then, yeah, I think that you could you could know this early on. But I'm just saying, like, in theory, as this builds, if Trent Baalke keeps his job and Doug Peterson has more collaboration, they draft again, whatever. But this is a draft that it's either going to work out very well in your favor as a GM or it's not. I always think, like, I, again, a positive thinker. And I know most of these situations, I always say this, if you want to bet on a guy to fail in the draft even, bet on a head coach to fail, bet on a quarterback to fail, always bet there in Vegas because there's a better chance they're going to fail mm-hmm. and, in any organization, not just Jacksonville. It's a hard thing. There's, there's a life expectancy of like two and a half, three years in the NFL for a reason. Right. It's an even harder thing to be great or be really good. And so anytime you take any of these top ten picks, the expectation is going to be really good. Well, bet against it. True. I mean, that's just the simple way to do it. But I also think if they can flip this, like I always like to think of what if, what yeah. if they can? Mm-hmm. Like I always say right now, performance center, shipyards, new stadium. What if Trevor's the real deal? What if Peterson can fix this? What if they win? Well, the next decade is really fun. Well, on top of that, what a story it would be. Trent Polky goes from zero to the hero. clown movement. Yep. To a guy that helped fix it. These guys, again, I'll use the phrase arranged marriage this was. Sure. This wasn't like they came in walking in together. And that would work out. I mean, that also shows you maybe the odds are really against it because it would be such a good story if it worked. True. Right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot you're banking on um, if you're Jacksonville. I mean, one last thing on this because it just came to mind. I just tweeted it out. If the Jags win just five games, I think it would be a disappointment. Fair enough. All the money they spent, new draft picks, year two Trevor. They won three in a miserable Urban Meyer. Yeah, yeah I'll give right? you that. All right, so I think we could agree five games would be feel like not good. 
Sure. Yeah. Who would you blame more for five wins only this year, Bulky or Peterson? And I understand there's a lot of semantics in there of how things could play out. But if I say right now, Jags end up with five wins, man, oh, man, they're 5-12. and 12. They're picking fourth overall in the draft. Are you putting the blame on Bulky or are you putting the blame on Peterson for $175 million spent, second-year generational quarterback, two top number one overall picks, uh, more draft picks, a core of players that are young and have some talent, and you only got five wins with them? Or... Was it bulky because of the way he spent in free agency, drafted on the draft board? Who takes the blame more for just five wins in 2022? Yeah, I, there's a lot of questions I'd have to ask to tell you, Doug Peterson, because I'd have to say, hey, how did Trevor look? And I'd have to say those things. But just on the surface, without asking all the background information, I'm going to say Trent Balky. Because in my opinion, you have your opinion, everybody has an opinion. This was a Trent Baalke draft, in my opinion. He made these decisions. Free agency, sure, they collaborated, but it. And I, to answer your question, I would have to go with Trent Baalke. Now, most of that's because I, we can't afford another coach, right? So I'm going to give Doug Peterson <laughs> the benefit of the doubt. And that's kind of where I'm looking at it. And you, you, it's Don't replace the coach again, I guess. So maybe p- part of that is scar tissue. But uh, to answer your question, I'd have to say Trent Baalke. Yeah, I think, a, I think you're probably right because Doug would have then been put in a situation that he's forced to work with Baalke and kind of fall in line yeah. would be the thing. But I'll tell you what, I kind of go to – I kind of go to Doug on this because I think Trevor's pretty good. Yeah, I think their offense is better than it was last year. Mm-hmm. I think their defense is now markedly better than it was last year. And I think you're a better coach than Urban Meyer, and you're not going to have all the BS that went on with them in the building. Yeah. If that ain't worth three wins at least, then are we doing a good enough job coaching the football team? Yeah. No, I do. I, I hear that. Um, I think, yeah, I do. I, I hear what you're saying there. I think, but that comes back to me where it's like, I hate this. I hate to say it this way, but like, what do the losses look like? Yeah. I know. Does it look like Houston week one, or is Trevor throwing for three twenty three and three touchdowns That's and fair. they get unlucky? Yeah, it's fair. It's like I said. There's probably a lot of other questions that need to go on, but I would just say I'd be really disappointed right now if this football team just won five. Yeah. And based on fourteen new starters that projectably could play, hundred seventy five million dollars spent, another draft with high draft picks, including two first rounders. That's three straight drafts. Of two first-rounders. ETN back on the field. At least with Urban, you can use the excuse that ETN wasn't there. True. DJ Chark went out. Rayshon Jenkins went out. Like, you can use some excuses. You're better personnel-wise. Now, if you're going to tell me Trevor goes down or something like that, I mean, obviously. All bets are off, yeah. But, um, I don't know, man. I think... I think they've put themselves in a better position to win more than three, four, five games this year. And so I, I, I got to give Bulky some credit for getting him to that stage, spending the dollars of Shad Khan, drafting what they've drafted, because I think this is more than a five-win team in a 17-game season. Agreed. Because like I put it on Urban that they couldn't beat Houston. Houston sure. was worse than the Jets. Twice. Yeah. They couldn't even win one. Yeah. No. I. Uh, yes. I, I. I agree with you. I, I think it's interesting where you're coming from, but. So then, real quickly, if you can, answer me this. If it's horrible again, who loses their job? Well, it'll be bulky, yeah. Just bulky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. 
Okay. And then and then Peterson will have a chance, and then we go in this vicious cycle. This would be why the problem of keeping bulky and then keeping another then guy and then keeping another guy instead of yeah. bringing them in together. So that would be a story for December and January that we've not told again. before. Not again. So, um, Just win six. Yeah, I'm not thinking that way, but I, I think this is better than a 5-1 football team. I really do, as I see it on paper. Yeah. I could be dead wrong. I don't even know what the over-under on in Vegas is. We'll be back. We're live at the Bowlers House Cards. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. You know, Sean, you know, here in Jacksonville, we were fortunate enough to, to re-sign Cam and, and get him back and, and really solidify that left side of the line. Juwan Taylor's here and, and Walker Little. We got guys that, that we feel very comfortable with in the offensive line and Tyler Shatley and, you know, obviously Brandon Scherf is, was a free agent that we, we, we signed, you know, this spring and, and really feel good about that uh, moving into, you know, obviously the off-season training camp and the regular season. I did not do a good job cutting those, huh? I was in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that was. I didn't know if you did that here on the laptop where you cut it down quick and were trying to guess or if you did that initially. Here's the thing. I'm going to blame the laptop. Good idea. It was definitely the laptop. It definitely wasn't the laptop, though. Doing a great job, man. I know. For you, too, it's a little stress. This is low stress level. For me, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, I mean, we're... We're cooking. Just rocking and rolling. You know what I mean? I mean, well, look, it, as far as I understand it, we've been on the air the whole time. Again, no confirmation from anybody. I did not hear from one person that we've been on the air the last four hours. But you hear if we're not. That is true. So I guess, you know, we just continue on. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm going to blame. Here's what really happened. I'm going to give the people an inside information. When you put stuff in wide orbit, which is the system, at least I have this problem. Probably nobody else does. It cuts off the last, like, two seconds. Uh-huh. All my promos, like, if yes. you notice, they just it end up roughly. That. There's something about it. Yeah. I don't understand that. So I'm going to say that's what happened because I feel like I didn't cut it in the middle of him. It used saying to happen all the time to me, too, like when I did spots. Yeah. And it would cut off. I'm like, why is it happening? Yeah. And I really didn't know the answer until you just told me, but somebody yeah. figured it out. So that's that's really what happened. Um, and that's why things don't sound right, not because I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Most of it sounds pretty good. That's what we think. Um, I have this question for you. Okay. Which position group do fans think differently than management most in the NFL? Think about it for a moment. And while you think about Repeat that, it. which position group in the NFL do fans think differently about than management? Okay, so not on the Jags, just overall in NFL. Just overall okay. in the NFL. Like, yeah, like, um, do you, I think an obvious answer here might be offensive line. Yeah. Right? Especially if you look at Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. But his quarterback evaluation, like, think about it for a moment. Okay. In the meantime, I want to tell you about iCryo right down here in St. John's County. If you haven't been yet, just opened a couple of weeks ago. They're off to a fantastic start. Good people over there at iCryo in the pavilion at Durban Park. A couple of big things going on over there now. Uh, you got Mother's Day, so if you want to give mom a gift, don't know what to get mom. That's always a tricky thing. Uh, well, how about a lifestyle service at iCryo? Uh, go get a gift card over there. They also have some specials going on. And if you're a teacher, it's uh, Teacher Appreciation Month over at iCryo as well. And you can get a free lifestyle service. So what's free life? What's a lifestyle service? Uh, maybe it's compression. Maybe it's red light therapy. There's a sauna. Uh, do the chamber, the cryotherapy chamber as well. There's some other options. Uh, but go over there to iCryo in St. John's County at the Pavilion at Durban Park. 
and uh, you can find out uh, something my family uses. Kids playing ball yesterday, they'll be over there today doing the compression. Uh, I did the uh, red light therapy and the cryotherapy uh, over the weekend. Hopefully get back over there uh, later this week. I also heard a Jacksonville Jaguars player was in there today, someone who lives down here in St. John's County in place, and he was in there using uh, the Do you lifestyle know services as well. You're yesterday. just not letting on? Yeah, I don't want to put his business Yeah, you can't there, do that, but like I, you did to me the other day. Yeah, yeah, uh, but I do know uh, that he was over there. So Would people again, recognize him? Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh. But, but I, it's a, I told you this, though, and, and this is serious about the iCryo stuff. It's all about recovery, and I've learned more about it from the athletes. From and, yeah. and that's why I love telling everybody else about it because it's I've learned a lot through the Jags, and now I, I know these folks pretty well over at iCryo too and what they're doing, um, and it's uh, it's a lot of cool stuff. And I've used it, so uh, check it out. Download the app iCryo, St. John's County, uh, the Pavilion at Durban Park. Everybody's giving it a try down here. Come on out and do it for yourself. All right, position group that fans and and. Like the brass of the NFL, whether it's personnel or coaching, feel differently about. Like they're just not aligned. And like, see, this is receivers. It's probably pretty easy. If you catch 80 balls for 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns, well, you're good. Yeah. If you there's some metrics in there, they're like, okay, good or not good. Like mm. the eye test might say, I think he can be good. You can always say, I think he could be better, but are they or not? I just don't think there's a lot of misinterpretation about receivers. I think I think even in Jacksonville, they know they still have to get their receiver group up. They're happier that it's better, but they still need more out of it. They need Marvin Jones to have a better year. They need LaVisca Chenault to have a better year. They need Christian Kirk, the way they're paying him, to go take another step forward in his career. Um, so I don't think there's a lot of ambiguity there. Maybe there is, but I don't think there is. I think offensive line has been a big one around here. I think every fan base hates their offensive line, and I think most people around the NFL say, you know what, we're pretty adequate here, or we could be worse here, because they ask that question too. They should ask the question, how can we be better, how can we be great, but they also ask the question, can we be worse? And the answer to that on the offensive line is, I think, a lot of times, yes. I think quarterback's interesting. Baker Mayfield, we talk a lot about him over the last couple of days. Yeah. Like the evaluation of Baker Mayfield, is everybody on the same page? Or is it different? Why are some of the backup quarterbacks in the league that are not? I keep vying for Blake Bortles to be a backup somewhere. Yeah. Why is Colt McCoy still in the league? Great question. You know? Like, I don't – we see – like, what's the value? I can't see it. Like, I don't see that value. Somebody else does. Now they're in the room. They know the business better. But I see more value in a guy who's played, made an AFC championship game, thrown thousands and thousands of yards and hundreds of touchdowns. And even though he's got picks, too, I see – and still a young guy who can move. More than a Colt McCoy or somebody else as a backup. Like, we differ. And I would need a personnel guy to tell me why. Yeah. And so I think quarterback is a is a good option here. But I think one that might take the case is running back. Because, or take the cake, running back is one. Or case. <laughs> Either one. Is, uh, running back, we have such a, a long, broad landscape of undrafted to first-round guys that end up being good. Mm-hmm. And so, well, first of all, personnel people alone have a hard time grading running backs, yeah, projecting running backs. And fans, like, I guarantee you there's how many are, are mad that they got Snoop Connor instead of somebody else, right? You think they could have done this, this, or this. Yeah. Well, I bet you could ask five personnel people in the building, and they might differ, too, is my point. Okay. So 
Like, I'm not really sure they're different on running backs. I think fans and management might be a little bit the same. Like, yeah, there's a lot of ambiguity there. So I'm giving you all these examples. Yeah, there are yeah. a lot of positions to take. I think offensive line here in Jacksonville has been prevalent, probably sure. a lot of places. But I would also probably, as a fan, if I could ask one question, fan of the game, not take Jacksonville away, I'd probably ask about some of the quarterbacks in the league, like why do they still have jobs and why do these guys not? Yeah, that's a good call. Um, to By the way, for that, Ryan Tannehill will definitely never be a Colt McCoy career backup because he's not mentoring anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, Colt McCoy's probably doing some mentoring of, like, Kyler Murray and everything. Ryan Tannehill ain't taking anybody under his wing, as we found out. So, <laughs> found out. Um, anyway, my plan, when you asked me the question, when I thought about it, the first thing that popped in my head was the position you said it absolutely can't be in receiver. And here's why. I think when it comes down to fans, right? Let's take Marvin Jones, for example. Marvin Jones, what did we say? 800 yards and four or five touchdowns last year, something like that? Yeah, I think it was, uh, yeah. They get 80 catches, 70-something catches, yeah. 80 catches, 800 yards, yeah. So to us, that wasn't good enough. Like, it we really were like, wasn't. It really wasn't, right? It felt worse than that. It did. Agreed. But how many other guys had those similar stats? We pulled it up, and there were a few big-time receivers that had those stats. But to us, that wasn't enough. But obviously to the regime here, Trembalke, Doug Peterson, and the they, that was enough. Yeah. And they were good there. But that wasn't enough for the fans. So I guess the way I look at it is, like, was Marvin Jones just as good as statistically maybe some of these – and if I could use the computer for other stuff, I would have had better examples for you. But we've done it. There, there was 800-yard receivers that we think are better than Marvin Jones. But really they're not. But maybe it's just the name or what we think they can do. Yeah, yeah. And somebody with similar stats like a Marvin Jones kind of flies under the surface. Not enough for us, but maybe more than enough for them. I think one of uh, – that's a good call. I, I think uh, that does happen too. You know, I think the moral of the story probably happens at a lot of positions. I was trying to figure out is there one that happens more. I still kind of lean on quarterback, and here's why. Because it's the ultimate cliche of quarterback gets all the blame, quarterback gets all the credit. Yeah. Well – you have no idea what the route's being run. You have no idea what the quarterback's principles and rules are on every play. You have no idea what the play call was. What's his first per- – I mean, we have all these pundits and experts and check-the-tape guys that think they know, but they're guessing. Sure. Because they don't have the play call. Right. Right? Yep. Um, so I think that's why the quarterback position still is like this evaluation – like, wait a minute, you're sticking with them again? Like, you like this because of why? Like, that doesn't make any sense to us, the fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also the guy who's got the ball in his hands every down. So that adds to it as well. But anyway, I just think it's, uh, as I hear Doug Peterson talk about Cam Robinson, and I hear another regime profess kind of their favor of the offensive line, it came to my mind that I just can't get over how off we can yeah. be. I, I just feel like in most businesses, it's kind of cut and dry. I think we would, if you brought 10 people in and watched people work for a month, I feel like management and the 10 people you brought in could probably decipher whether person A, B, and C is a good employee or not. Yeah. But in the NFL, it feels like there's all these variables that add to it. Mm-hmm. Contract, age, sure. play calls. All this other stuff that that get factored in, and um, maybe that's the case in business world too, but uh, it certainly feels the case in the NFL, and maybe even more than any other sport. 
Let me give you this real quick in terms of the wide receiver position. Marvin Jones, the example I gave you. Who's better, Marvin Jones or A.J. Brown? A.J. Brown. Well, A.J. Brown only had less than 30 yards more than Marvin Jones last year and one more touchdown. So that's kind of the point I'm trying to yeah, make. How many, did he play like, less games? So he was hurt a little bit, if you can do that. Uh, I don't see the games. But here. by the way, I will tell you this. I'm not also like this raving lunatic about A.J. Brown as sure. a good player. And so maybe I'm more right than everybody else. That that could be it. Um, Amari Cooper is another guy who I think he did miss a game, but he only had, again, quick math, 33 yards more and a few more touchdowns. It's really but, interesting you say that, though, because like from a game-planning standpoint, no doubt people are game-planning more around Brown, more around Cooper. From an impact standpoint, even throughout the year, I feel like I watched three Dallas games and I can think of Amari Cooper making plays. I watched three... Tennessee games, yeah. I can think of A.J. Brown. I didn't really feel like watching day in, day out, the Jacksonville Jaguars at Marvin Jones was making a major impact on the on the field. Sure. But he ends up with a lot of numbers. Yeah. So maybe he was doing better than we thought, or maybe he needs to make more splash plays to make us feel better about his numbers. Very well. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the one play we think about just from Marvin Jones, or maybe the whole season, is the touchdown from Trevor to Marvin. Is on it the, in London? Yeah, on the sideline. Yeah. That the camera guy didn't get very well, so nobody really saw it. Yeah, that's a good point. But um, I know we talked about that for a while after it happened. Like, that was the throw, and that was the play. And we just maybe. Is it Houston or Miami? I think that was Miami. I think think it was Miami, Miami, too. Yeah, because we didn't see it. We're like, oh, (laughs) he scored. Uh, We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 live from Devoli's House of Cards. Put a bow on this show. And Casey Kurtz brought. OT right after that. Shrimp played earlier today. They lost, so they're not on ESPN 690 tonight, but uh, they will be uh, tomorrow Yep. Uh, after all our shows in the evening playing uh, on ESPN 690. We'll be right back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Live from Devoli's House of Cards. And, uh, well, we got some cards in our hands. We're going soccer. Yeah. Last time we did soccer, Brett Martin, O'Casey Kurtz. Last two weeks ago, I brought back uh, some cards for us to open. Basketball, I think it was. Trying for some jammer. Yes, that is facts. Then I brought you soccer because I didn't want to open. And you brought Amanda football. And I brought Amanda football. Good guy. Trevor Lawrence. I've been trying to tell people you're a good guy. Nobody yeah. ever listens. All right. But um, most yeah. people know. Um, <laughs> Not people I'd be talking to. The uh, Yeah, if you work with me, you probably don't think so. That is um, nice. You know the truth. <laughs> oh, you do. Shout out to the studio text. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Try the producers. Oh, um, no, I've seen that. We ain't got time for all this. Uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, you got, you opened up whatever you opened up, and you opened up some guy named Bellingham, and it ended Jude. up being a five hundred dollar card. Yeah, and by the way, uh, Manchester and you're gonna send it away, then it might be worth even more. Yeah, Manchester City really needs Jude Bellingham that ch- transfer to go through. Yeah, because they are out of the Champions League. It'll be Liverpool and Real Madrid. I think the best part about soccer is can I pronounce anybody's name? Like, what are we even looking for? What would be a bang? What would be good? Um. Right you know, now, some co- I, some color, definitely. Uh, okay. Hawk. Marek Dockall. 
Czech Republic. Okay. You ever heard of him? This is going to be good. Stanislav Labanka from Slovakia. Okay. I like the names, man. This is awesome. Bukayo Saka. Saka's very good. From England. Yes. What is this? What is this? Michael Gregorich with a little give and go. There you Hologram, go. silver. Mosaic. Mosaic. Yeah. Yeah. Is that any good? You know. Not really. <laughs> that was played up very well, though. That was good for you, by the way. I like the soccer names, man. I'll Give me a hard name. I like to try to pronounce them. Should be a there you go. Go for it. Oh, breakaway mosaic. Mm-hmm. The problem with the mosaic. Luca Waldschmidt. There you go. That's good. A little green. Is a that little a good pop. card? Yeah, I like the color. Yeah, nice card. I like that. I tell you, the mosaic plays tricks on my eyes, though. With Is the it, light. Are you just old, though? Oh, a little bit. Yeah, we're getting there. Getting there. Okay. Good. All right. Uh, Glenn Kamara from Finland. Yep. Is he even big in Finland? Danny Olmo from Spain. Rydal Baku from Germany. This is awesome. Am I saying names right? Oh, here we go. We finally get to a one-name guy. <laughs> okay. I mean, soccer guys have one name. Yeah, the good, yeah, yeah. You good ones, be... right? Yeah. Is it Rodri or Rodri? Rodri. Rodri from Spain. Is yeah. that any good? Yeah, good. Never heard of him. He can't be that good. Okay, very good. I like, like Star Wars. Here you go. Go for that one. Umut Meras. You're not too horrible at this, to be Turkey. honest. Turkey. I doubt it's how you say it, Meras. It just feels good. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you you're wrong. Listen, man, I've been doing TV long enough. Here's what you do. You say it fast and say it once. You don't go correct yourself. That is true. You say it, you believe it. You say it with conviction. Like, like this you. guy. From Austria, Christoph Bumgartner. There you go. No doubt. Stefan Rostovsky from North Macedonia. Jan Sommer from Switzerland. Uh-huh. And Borja Barisic from Croatia. It's a little silver in there, right? Is that, would that be so? Oh, it's a rookie card. Yeah, silver rookie. Pretty good. Not bad. All right. Not mad at it, Brent. You know that guy? Familiar. All right. I mean. Never heard of one player yet that I've said. Not one. Not one. How about this one? Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, he's on his way home. Bum. Plays for Manchester City. <laughs> Out of the Champions League final. He, Belgium. He, he is very good, by the way. Is, did I say that right? Belgium? No. Bruyne. De Bruyne. De Bruyne. Bruyne? Yeah. Yeah. Close. Yeah. Bruyne. See, you got to know, like, if I was a kid in a spelling bee, right, I'd be asking for word Weren't origin. you a spelling bee kid, though? Yeah, but not, like, at the level where you started asking for word origin and stuff. Belgium. Yeah, I, I would assume. I got one more. We got an auto. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Mario Pesalic from Croatia. Okay. You're rocking with the Croatians. Lorenzo Pellegrini from Italy. Yep. Pasta's good. Gareth Bale from Wales. Don't overthink it. Gareth Bale. I know. I think you I tried just, to add something there. Well, I almost went ballet, but then I, knew, I realized knew, I it was did. from Wales. I yeah, was like, yeah. well, it's not going to be something crazy. You know who Gareth Bale is? Oh! I feel like I've actually heard of that name. He's very good. Yeah. Or he was, yeah. All right. This guy's from Poland. And this is the hardest one. This is my last one. This is the hardest one. Wojciech Chechny. Look at that name. That is... That is the all-name team. That is, <laughs> that's a good one. That is the all-name team. That is a good one. Like, that is... If you can see that in the... Try, try to get that right. Quiz your loved ones when you get home on that name from Poland. We got an auto in here. For you. 
This is what I do for Amanda. When I pull an auto, I don't look at it. I just see the cards backwards, and I hand her the, pack, the stack. Vyacheslav Karavev from Russia. Uh, Ryan Gravenberch from Netherlands. Miroslav Klose. That's Ooh. an auto. That is an auto. Is he any good? Yeah, you know. Is that how you say his last name? What did you say? Klose. Uh, it's close enough, you know. And Vorik Dockel. I already got him once. Oh, double on the Dockel. Double Dockel. Okay. Sure, maybe I just gave you the card and you gave it back to me. Because I think it's like the same card. <laughs> oh, that could be. That could very like well a, be. That was an empty setter. What are you talking about? We got an auto. Oh, so that's pretty good? Yeah, it's like there wasn't one guaranteed. All right. I mean... Like, it, uh, you get excited then when we get something. Bang! Thank you. Sorry. I, I, can't, I have no idea, like... It was more fun saying their names and opening the cards. How often do autographs come out of blasters? Not very often, right? Not very often, Brent. We got an autograph. I thought it would set you off, but you just sat there. Hey. All pro on the stand there team. Or sitting there team, I should Stay say. All pro on the sitting there team. Next time, I'm going to mix a Brent Martineau autograph in that pack. So on, on like a Jacksonville Suns card? <laughs> yes. Somebody sent me the Suns card picture recently. Uh, so I got that. You know, fun fact, uh, not that we have any time for any fun facts, but uh, it is, there's, your baseball card is in the audio room of Action News Jacks. That's not a surprise. There were... Where the some, audio board well, is. Some, one time, when the, I've done it multiple times, but one time, somebody took all the cards that they gave us and they put them all over everybody's desk throughout the station. Hmm. Right? So then I was everywhere. That might be another reason why people working with me don't like me. Very yeah. Much. Um, all right, we got. Uh, that's going to do it. We open some football, open some soccer cards, football cards, football cards. There you go. A lot of football. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. You can subscribe on the podcast and on YouTube. Also had the Dream 18 show today. Uh, thanks to Josh Scopey for coming on. Do that each and every Wednesday from Devoli's House of Cards. And we get an extra hour today from Devoli's House of Cards. It's Casey Kurtz. It's Brian Middleton. It's Action Sports Shacks OT until 7 o'clock. Back in studio tomorrow, it appears, 3 p.m. until 6 p.m., uh, Austin Lane scheduled to join us uh, tomorrow. Um, Finally, <laughs> where's that guy been? At least for a bit. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you tomorrow at three o'clock. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN six ninety. Have a good night. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For ninety dollars more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For hundred and thirty more, you'll be a swole member. And for just three hundred dollars more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy. Always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May tenth. See Home Club for details.